Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hope Along the Journey. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for joining us today as we share together a message of hope and encouragement, and once again, point to Jesus Christ, who is truly the hope of the world. I'm going to be sharing in just a few moments uh, a topic about dealing with the stinking thinking in our lives. That's right. How do you how do we deal with the stinking thinking in our lives and our thought processes and those thought processes that oftentimes spiral us downward into discouragement and despair? And we want to talk about that here in just a little bit. And we're also going to discuss uh, a great book. If you haven't read it yet, you need to. And that's Louis Giglio's book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. It's time to win the battle of your mind. But before we get into that, I just want to take a moment to thank all of you, my friends, for listening to Hope Along the Journey. I want to thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your financial support. Thank you for all of your words of encouragement. My, I appreciate all of you who have responded and sent me text messages and emails. It's also great when I travel and go places to meet people who are listening to Hope Along the Journey, whether it be through radio or whether it be through the podcast, you're listening, and it just always thrills me when somebody walks up to me and says, hey, Mark, I just want you to know I am listening to your podcast. And beyond that is when people share with me that they're finding it to be strengthening and encouraging. And so thank you so much for letting me know that, because it means a lot to me. Because the whole purpose of this ministry is not about just getting my voice out there, but it's to encourage people, to strengthen people within the body of Christ, and to let people know that in the darkest of circumstances, there is hope that's found in Christ. If you haven't signed up yet today for our newsletter that we put out every month or two, then I would encourage you to go to our website at www.hopealongthejourney.org, and when you see the screen pop up that says, Stay in Touch, would you please just put your email in there? I'm going to be sending out a newsletter the month of May, and I would love to include you in that May newsletter. So again, just go to the website. When the pop-up screen comes up saying, Stay in Touch, then I would love for you to put your email address in there. Would also love for you, if you're listening on a venue that allows you to leave a a five-star rating or a review, would love to have a review from you. And if you would be willing to give us a four- or five-star rating, we'd love for you to do that to help promote this ministry. Also, if you're a listener and you find benefit from it, 
why don't you share it with a friend? Uh, we would love for you to do that. Share it if you listen by radio or whether you listen by podcast. And for those of you that do listen to the radio, if you've missed any episodes, all of these are available in podcast format. If you go to uh, such venues as Apple Podcast or Google Play or something like Spotify, it's all available out there. Or you can go to my website and click the tab for podcast, and you can listen right directly through the website. Join us on social media. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and also on Instagram. If you'll just look me up, I'd be happy to connect with you and keep in touch with what's going on with the ministry of Hope Along the Journey. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk to you today about this matter of dealing with the stinking thinking in our minds. You would probably agree with me that the biggest battle most of us deal with is what goes on between our ears. It's, it's the thought processes that go through our minds. As a pastor and as somebody who's worked in ministry for a number of years, you know, I've had so many conversations with people across the years that all centered around things that people were thinking in their minds that really weren't true. Lies that the enemy had convinced them were true, that they had been led to believe. Negative thoughts and negative thinking that was causing their minds to spiral downward, not filling their minds with things that are pure and lovely and good and and edifying and strengthening, but rather allowing the enemy to take control of their minds. Again, I mentioned that book. I just want to mention again, if you haven't got it, get a copy of Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. We've been doing this here at my church. We've been doing the video series, and it, it has been really wonderful. Last Sunday, we did his uh, the video on the battle for the mind, and then we had a great discussion following it. So I kind of want to pick up with some of the the things that he said in that video that we went over just last Sunday at my church because he's he's dead on, spot on, when he talks about the battle for our mind. And if you don't think it's important, if you don't think it's important, then go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where we're called to present our bodies, our entire self, as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service, our act of worship. And then it goes on to say, and be ye transformed. And that's that's a metamorphosis. That's like the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. Be transformed. Hi, how, how do you do that? By the renewing, and that renewing is ongoing action. By the continual renewing of your mind, that you might be able to prove what is that good, that perfect, acceptable will of God. So, you want the perfect, good, acceptable will of God in your life? Well, then you've got to see your mind being transformed transformed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God as we allow it to replace what I often refer to, and my good friend Rowan Fay, I believe, is the first one that ever gave me this word, the stinking thinking that's in our minds that has to be corrected. So let's look at this for a moment. So in this battle for our mind, he mentioned, and I just want to share these four main points with you and talk to you about them just for a little bit. Number one, so think about this. If we're going to 
stop this spiraling of, of stinking thinking and of, of lies from the enemy, then we have to develop a way to identify the thought. In other words, think about what you're thinking about. Now, that, to me, that's, that sounds simplistic, but that's extremely essential, is to really stop and think about what are you thinking about? What are these thoughts that are going through our mind? So many times our the thought processes in our minds, you know, the hundreds or thousands of thoughts that make their way through our minds each day can often run like a like an interstate or a freeway and the thoughts too often are never checked. He uses the imagery of of putting a toll gate in. And if you've ever been on a toll road as <laughs> as frustrating as they are, they make you stop. You have to stop, you have to pay the toll before you can move on. In many of our lives, we need to set up a toll booth. And when these thoughts come through our mind, we need to ask two important questions as a way to identify the thought. Number one, where did this thought come from? Where did it come from? Is this the enemy? Or is this God? Is this my own negative mindset? Where did the thought come from? And secondly, not only where did the thought come from, but is it in agreement or is it congruent with the Word of God? Now, this is one of the reasons why I just so strongly believe in developing a biblical worldview, a Christian worldview, a lens through which we look at all of life and, and we run everything through that lens, because we need to know when we think these thoughts, that these are thoughts that come from God, and if they are coming from God, then they should be congruent with the Word of God. God's Spirit will never lead us in conflict with what the Word of God teaches. Because after all, He is the Spirit of God who inspired the book. And so He would not in any way lead us, guide us, or try to make us think thoughts that are not consistent with the Word of God. See, see, this is what happened in the garden. So go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Think about it. And there is Eve, and Satan appears to her, and he begins to put questions in her mind. You know, I've thought so much about that garden. You think about the perfection of the garden. God said, you know, you can you can have every tree of the garden. What abundance. What abundance. You, you can partake of all of these trees. And then not only that, but you're going to be able to have dominion over the world. And I, I'm going to put this under you. And then, he, you know, you get to name all of the animals. And, you know, he had they had the perfect marriage, they walked with God in the cool of the day. I mean, they had a perfect relationship with God. It was paradise. But God said, but but one tree. Only one tree. That's it. Just don't partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the day you do it, you will surely die. Doesn't that sound simple? I mean, you got all these other trees. You got this whole paradise. You've got all this wonderful advantage and you've got the perfect wife and the perfect marriage and the perfect husband and and you just and you and God comes and walks with you in the cool day okay and yet satan found a way he comes to them and starts speaking to eve and starts challenging number one he challenges 
what God says. Did God really say that if you eat it, you shall surely die? And then he, he also questions God's heart or God's goodness because he, he says to Eve, well, here's the reason why God isn't letting you do that. It's not, it's not for your good. It's because he's withholding something from you because he knows in the day that you eat it, you will be as God knowing good and evil. And so, and so he insinuates and infers that God is holding something back from them. And so he undermines God's word, he undermines God's goodness, and she starts listening to the wrong voice. She did not stop to identify where were these thoughts coming from. And so we know the rest of the story. She listened, she partook, She gave to her husband, and the rest is history. But Satan continues to do that. He brings these doubts and thoughts to our minds. So we need to identify the thought. Is this thought coming from God? Is this God who's putting this negative, self-defeating thought in my mind? Or is this the enemy? And secondly, is the thought in harmony, is it congruent with God's Word? Secondly, Louis Giglio said, and, and I like this, it, 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 he said, we need to speak to that thought in Jesus' name. <laughs> now, I, I like that because he says, you know, we can't just, okay, we identify it, that's it, now we just kind of let it go. No, 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 no. We have to address that thought in Jesus' name. And again, go back to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6, as Paul focuses on the strategy for winning the battle of our mind. He says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. We can take captive every thought thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so that's why we need to just simply, when we see these thoughts and we recognize this isn't from God, or we recognize this is not in agreement with God's Word and what the Bible teaches, we need to speak to that wrong thought and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We need, to, we need to be like Jesus and say, Get thee behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things that be of God, or rather, but the things that be of men. You remember when he said that? When Peter was saying something to him and putting thoughts, trying to put thoughts in Jesus' mind not to go to the cross? Well, Jesus knew that these thoughts were not coming from Simon Peter. He knew where they were coming from, and he knew they were not congruent with God's will in his life, and therefore he rebuked them. We need to speak back to the devil. We need to speak back to the lies, and we need to be able to speak back to the lies with the truth of God's Word. You see, there are a lot of lies 
that people are really believing. You know, some of the lies from the enemies, and, and there's some of them I, I've listed here, is, for instance, you know, we believe the lie that I'm weak and powerless, rather than the promise that God's strength is more than sufficient, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. We believe the lie that we are unlovable to God and unlovable to others when Jeremiah 31.3 reminds us that God loves us with an everlasting love. We believe the lie that we can't be used of God because of our past. Somehow we're, we're too broken, we're, we're just trash, we're, we're used up. When God's Word in Romans 8, 1 and 2 reminds us that God has blotted out the sins of our past. The Bible reminds us that God can take beauty from ashes. He can restore the years that the locusts have destroyed. We, we believe the lie that we are worthless and unimportant to God when Deuteronomy 7, 6 reminds us that you are God's treasure. We believe the lie that we are rejected and we're abandoned and alone, and yet Ephesians 1, 5 reminds us that we've been adopted into God's family. We believe the lie that we're deficient and incomplete when God has provided us the whole armor of God to be able to withstand in the evil day. And the list could go on and on. What is the lie from the enemy that you are believing and allowing to have free reign in your mind? What is that lie that you need to identify And secondly, you need, in Jesus' name, to bring that thought captive to Jesus Christ. Thirdly, not only identifying the thought, and not only should we speak to that thought in Jesus' name, but as we've already somewhat moved into, we've got to, this is so important, we've got to, you and I have to claim the truth, don't we? We've got to claim the truth. You see, it's to me, and, and this this was, was a key learning curve for me when I when I learned this. And that was it is important to identify the lie. That that's critical. It's crucial. You got you got to know uh, is this God or is this not, and is it congruent with His Word? And when you find out it's not congruent with His Word and this is not the voice of God, then you've identified the lie. Okay. Secondly. You have to replace it with the truth. As I've already mentioned, and they talk, gave you some of those lists of lies that we believe, and then what is the counterpart? What does the truth of, of God say? And I would challenge you, I mean, I would deeply challenge you to build a list out of the lies and then the truth of God's Word. But there is one more step. Don't miss this. And that is, you not only identify the lie, And not only do you replace it with the truth, but then you have to claim the truth for yourself. So, okay, let's let's look at this. So I'm weak. I can't, I have no, I don't have the ability to do what God's asking me to do. That's, That's a lie. Because Paul says in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's got to move beyond Paul saying it into where you declare it for yourself. And that is, I make a personal declaration 
that God has all the strength that I need to perform His will in my life. And I declare that to be true. Now, I'm not talking about some empty name-it-claim-it religion, okay? I'm not, I'm not talking about some kind of hocus-pocus. I'm, 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 I'm talking about when you know the lie and you've found the truth, then you've got to declare it for yourself. Not that this is true in general, though it is. Not that it's true for everybody else, though it is. But this is true for me. And you need to boldly write out the declaration, and if you have to, say it out loud. You know, as you, as you work through the Psalms, you're going to find this. You're, you're really going to come in, into light with this. And that is that the Psalms, in many ways, are a personal declaration of David as to his faith in the character of God. They are faith statements, trust statements in God. For instance, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. You see the personal? The Lord is my light. He didn't say the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we be afraid? No, 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 no. He's personalizing it. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my strength. I mean, look at the much-loved 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my... See it there again? Personal declaration. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Do you see the, do you see the personal declaration? Do you see what, what's going on here? And again, I, I think there are a lot of people who maybe have moved beyond identifying the lie to knowing what the truth is, but they have never continuously declared it to be truth for them. You have to make a personal declaration of the truth. And, you know, you have to say it. And Louis Giglio in his book talks about, you know, this matter of saying it and repeating it and declaring it. It's like breathing, you know, Breathing is something we just do all the time. You know, none, none of us, none of us say, "Hey, I'm just tired of breathing. I think I'm just going to quit breathing for a while." We, <laughs> we know how that would go. Well, when it comes to this matter of replacing the truth of the lie and declaring it for ourselves, it's not just a matter of saying it once. But for many of us, depending on the stronghold and how powerful that stronghold of fear or unbelief or whatever that is in our life may be, we will have to declare the truth again and again and again and again. You may need to say it all day long. You may need to meditate on it. You may need to have to write it on a three-by-five card, but just say it over and over and over until until that new thought, that new positive belief in God's Word begins to take precedent over the old lies of your mind. And then the fourth thing he said, and this is important, is that we need to walk in truth. 
So again, it, it goes back to like what James said. James said we're not only hearers of the word, but we've got to be doers of the word as well. So, you know, if 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 we have the Spirit, as Galatians says, if we have the Spirit within us, then we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to step out on what we know to be God's truth in our lives. We need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Walk in the light of this new revelation of who you are. Walk in light of the new revelation of God's truth that has replaced the old lie in your life. Walk in it. Walk in obedience to it and allow it to just produce its life-changing effect in your life. And so I think these steps are very, very important. So again, just to kind of go back and and recap this again, number one, you need to identify those thoughts. Put the toll booth up in your mind. Identify the thoughts and ask the question, where did it come from? And is it in agreement with God's Word? Secondly, speak to that thought in Jesus' name. It's so incredibly important. Again, 2 Corinthians 10.3 reminds us that we can bring every thought captive. Thirdly, you got to claim the truth as your own. you got to personalize it and declare it that this is truth for me, and then walk in it, live by it, step into it, and allow God to change your life that you might be able to prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God in your life. So deal with the stinking thinking in your life. You say, well, man, it's just been, I've just done this so long, Mark. I've just, it's just the way it is, you know? One of the most important days of your life next to your salvation is the day you take accountability for your thought processes. The day that you decide that I am not going to be a slave to these old thought patterns anymore that are not God-honoring, they don't come from God, they're not pleasing to God, and they're defeating me in my life. I am going to take responsibility because I have the Word of God to live by and the Spirit of God within me. Therefore, I have the ability to bring these thoughts captive. Taking responsibility. You know, we the blame game is easy to play, isn't it not? We can blame our family of origin. We can blame people at work. We can blame people in our family, our marriage, our whatever. But I'm just here to tell you, the things that go on between our ears, the thought processes of our mind, we must take responsibility for it and say, by God's grace and the help of the Spirit and through the Word of God, I am going to bring these thoughts captive to Jesus Christ. In his book, he talks about the importance of halftime. For in, if you've if you've ever played in football, basketball, you know this. Halftime is one of the most important parts in the game because that's when. The teams go to the locker room, and they're not just going there to down Gatorade and sit around and prop their feet up and just rest for a few minutes. No. What happens is 
the coaches who have been watching the game are going to get that team together and, and they're going to huddle together and they're going to talk about the course corrections and changes that need to be made. If they're going to win the second half, they can't keep doing what they've done in the first half. They've got to counter their opponent and they've got to make those adjustments for it to happen. Maybe for some of you, it's halftime. It's time for you to ask God to help you to bring your thoughts captive to Jesus Christ. Deal with the stinking thinking in your life and give your mind over to the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit and through the power of His Word. Thank you today for listening. I appreciate it so much, and I hope that this is helpful to you. I want to encourage you that God is on your side. There is hope if you look to Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world. If you look to Him, He will help you to find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about hope along the journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening. And we hope you'll join us again for more hope along the journey.